It's April 23rd, 2006. The Bernie Mac Show just aired its last episode. Scary Movie is new in theaters and in TNA. It's lethal lockdown time. This is episode 227, TNA Lockdown 2006. We're the Federation. I'm Tyler Fudge. And I'm Travis Fudge. Become a member of the Fudge family by joining the Patreon or our PayPal. You can stick around to the show, uh, for the shoutouts at the end of the show. You can follow us on Twitter at the Federation. You can follow Travis on Twitter. At FudgeNub. YouTube, the Federation podcast. You can listen to episodes, you know, the Brody Lee episode. Then we've got some little videos. More importantly, though, if you're a Patreon member, you can watch these shows live on our YouTube. Facebook and Instagram's Federation podcast. T-shirts at whatamaneuver.net. And music by the good old reliable Mitch. Always banging out this one here. This was an impromptu show, and uh, this, uh, this he had a Christian Cage one ready for us. Don't forget, a couple weeks ago, I had mentioned that I will be on the Red Leaf Retrocast talking some Joshi Wrestling, and I was on there. You can go over there, and you can find that. We talked about the Stardom show. Can't remember what it's called. Wouldn't be able to tell you for life of me, but it was a good show. So if you want to hear more about it, you can go over there. And yeah, had a good old time. Your little graphic art with Sting makes it look like he's crying. <laughs> I wish it was intentional. <laughs> I really do. Uh, I did it for the Kenta one, and I was like, eh, it makes it look different. Fuck it. I uh, just went with it. Going through the movie, but it really does. It's really centered on his eyes. It's awesome. <laughs> it's going right over those little red red things yeah. that he decided to put on himself. That's <laughs> uh, fucking, that's priceless. Absolutely, I had to go check that out. But Travis, a little bit of news here before we get into the TNA episode. They surpassed a 1.0 rating in the final edition of Impact on Saturday nights before moving to Thursdays on April 13th. And they opened up with a fantastic 1.1 on Thursdays. And it would just slowly go down a little bit, down a little bit, down a little bit. I wonder how long it takes for them to actually maintain a balance around Maybe the 1.1 you're probably right you're probably right uh but yeah no uh the uh, ufc played a big part in the lead-in on the first episode and it's not really really uh doing too well going after but it's key 18 to 49 male male demographic was great and it's funny because you never heard anybody talk about it really and then all of a sudden I'm reading back and I was like, oh, fuck, 1849 male. Maybe no one just gave a shit about it when WWE was trying to really rear its ugly head into the PG era. Mm, yeah, no, it's very true. What's the point of the 1849 demographic when you're not even looking for it? Yeah, no, that's true. That's true. Uh, you're starting even younger, really. Uh, also, Christopher Daniels' original opponent was supposed to be Jushin Liger hmm. until New Japan got a whiff that there was going to be a steel cage match and they're like nope he's not in it he's not allowed is that forbidden i i don't know i don't know they but it was the steel cage that made them decide to pull liger yeah i guess new japan's never done a steel cage match before i don't recall ever seeing one yeah no so fair enough yeah that's that's interesting it is interesting especially where you know we've got new japan wrestlers on this show in Goto, oh, yeah. Yeah. Team, right? Team Japan. Yeah, Team Japan. Team, uh, I think it was 
Team C C U T or something. Terror so I can't remember the the actual names. Central Terrorism Unit C T U. Yeah. Central Terrorism Unit? Yeah. Yeah. Jushin Liger is a part of that group too. That's a greatly timed name. <laughs> yeah, two thousand six. Yeah. Let's call our heel group the Central Terrorism <laughs> Unit. Yeah. So. Send them over to America. They'll all think that they're jihads. Yeah. Sweet. Great idea. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but no, uh, that was a little bit of New Japan. But with that being said, and them not sending Liger, AJ Styles said many wrestlers actually tried to avoid using the cage walls during the lockdown pay-per-view because the cage was assembled inside out. The rough side of the fence was turned inward, which caused many scratches on the wrestlers' bodies. And uh, yeah, he also said that the the uh, roof had started to become loose when he was up there. Yeah, well, fuck, man, he had that ladder up there too. That was really sketchy. Yeah, yeah, world's most wobbly ladder. Well, rightly so. (laughs) Yeah, you're laying it down on chain link. Yeah, that's that's literally bowed because there's weight on it. Yeah, fuck, that's sketchy. Yeah, yeah. The only Good. person that I really saw take the bump into the cage wall was Abyss powerbombing a ref. <laughs> poor ref. <laughs> that poor ref. Uh, no, that's that's really it for the news for this. There's not a lot of news going on. In, Goldberg in, didn't show up. Goldberg didn't show up, exactly. Canyon, Canyon's still not given his license, so he's not going to let them own him in perpetuity. Perpetuity, whatever the word is. Perpetu- perpetuity. Per- perpetuity. Thank you. I tried to over enunciate the U there. Make Perpetually. You say it right next to each other. <laughs> you just caught it. You just caught it just by osmosis yeah. there. Uh, but yeah, no. Uh, we might as well get into the show. Uh, TNA Lockdown 2006, April 23rd, from Orlando, Florida, Universal Studios. Obviously, nine hundred people in attendance. But Travis, how many pay per view buys? Um, hmm. that's an interesting question, Tyler. I've never had that question asked before. <laughs> never. Um, I'm gonna go with cool, slim, trim, buff, cut, twenty-seven thousand. <laughs> Wrong promotion. Close. Hey, he was on Hardcore Justice. It's okay. <laughs> he was there. He's, He's just as much a TNA guy as he is a WWE guy. Might be a non-canonical show, but fuck it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Forty-five thousand. So that's pretty high. That is, it's it's that's a pretty good Bound show, for Glory, isn't it? I'd have to get it up. Something tells me Bound for Glory would have been um, like a thirty thousand. Buy rate? It might have been. It, it might have been. Hold on. I've got the page here. Bound for Glory, 2005, 35,000. But now they also did 45,000 for Final Resolution. Sting. So it's That's Sting. what these two things have in common. And Sting. Hey, Christian Cage is now here, too. That's true. Hey, That's he, true. Christian Cage was not on Bound for Glory. He was only on Genesis. No. No. He. Yeah. Yeah. Genesis, though. Genesis... Did 20,000 buys. Yeah. Well, also, he wasn't advertised. Ah, that's true. That's he, true. He was surprised. That's true. Just just like on Revolution. No. <laughs> and, yeah, and then he also knows, didn't speak during his promo on this show like he did at Revolution. <laughs> so it's very fitting. Very fitting. 
Uh, but yeah, so there you go. The pay per view buys they are they are up from Bound for Glory. They're at forty five thousand. But Travis, Pop As we do this, Travis feverishly looking around for something that I do not know. Bro, what I forgot it is. to light my joint. You, do you not know where your joint is now? No, no wonder I, I feel like I'm missing something. Like you're you're missing that that smoke. I'm missing that sweet chiba. Did you leave it over there? I probably did. Well, you can hear can, me can, read this. You can hear me read oh, this. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So Travis, while you walk away. But you can still hear me because of the magic of just walk away. Uh, you can uh, you can listen from afar. The Bernie Mac show aired on Fox for five seasons, and in its final season, saw an appearance from a wrestling personality. The joint was here all along. Which wrestler was featured in Triple the H. was featured in the episode wrestling with a sticky situation? Is it The Rock? Big Show, Steve Austin, or Triple H? I don't know why my brain's telling me it's Triple H. Travis, buddy, you're it, wrong. Is it? Is Steve it, okay. Austin. Is it Steve Austin? Steve Austin. Man, yeah. I just really, fuck it, just really seemed like Triple H was on Bernie Mac for some reason. Oh, well. He well. might have been on another episode, just not on this episode. Because this episode was the second episode of the final season. Okay. Right, so... Oh, fuck. That's on Crave. I'm going to have to go and watch that. Might have to. Yeah. I'm going to have to get your Crave account because I canceled my Crave. Mm, fair. Yeah. Yeah. And then I'm going to torrent the four-hour Zack Snyder cut because <laughs> I'm not paying $20 for HBO just to watch that fucking movie. Oh, I'm just not going to watch it. <laughs> it's probably the better option. Uh, but, yeah. So that is... Is that the, the Justice League thing that is yes. talked about? To- yeah, okay. Yeah, fair. Yeah. Yeah. yeah nope. Is. Not going to watch it. But with that being said, you silly kids with your fake movies. <laughs> yeah. yeah, watch wrestling. Words. Fake ass action, <laughs> fucking losers in spandex masks. <laughs> it's like, come on, Jesus Christ! Who do you fucking think you yeah. are? Yeah, really, <laughs> bad guys, good guys. <laughs> Fuck. Um, Zack no. Ryder directed it. Zack. R- <laughs> I'm just kidding. I know who Zack Snyder is. I know. <laughs> just kidding. I know who Zack Snyder is. I'm hip, hip, hop. Anyways, the show would start off with a, a, you know, a video of sorts. Again, another TNA one. It's fitting. It worked. It was better than, in my opinion, the last one. I believe it was Destination X where it was Sting and Eric Young. Eric Young dressed as Sting. I like that. Like, I liked it, but in no way, shape, or form was it like, hey, this is Destination X. This is a pay-per-view. This is what we're highlighting tonight. That might bother you. But what bothered me was Prince Nana just hanging out there in his fucking... <laughs> in his garb. In his garb, yes. Yeah. And just like, okay, yeah, you, you are the narrator, sir, but why do we see you? It, you know, that one, that one is suspect. That one's sus as Highly fuck for suspect. sure. Do you need that moved over closer um, to you? If you could just turn it. It's so, turned. So, okay, so the lid is not in my direct vicinity. There you go. We're trying to figure out the ashtray vis- uh, you know, situation here. Uh, but the first match on the show 
is a World X Cup primer. Black Tiger, Hirioku Goto, and Minoru Tanaka. He's only called Minoru in Impact. But yes, Minoru Tanaka, not Minoru Suzuki. They Minoru call him Tanaka. Tanaka once or twice. Well, the, the announcer only calls him Minoru. Min- yeah, the, the announcer. Fucking Penzer. Yeah, that's Team Japan taking on Team USA. And I, I got to preface Team USA. Alex Shelley, Jay Lethal, and Sanjay Dutt. Where they announce Sanjay Dutt as being from India while he carries an American flag. He is the player from the Himalaya. Yes. For, yeah. So Representing Team America. Yeah, <laughs> so that is like pick one, guys. Come on, just 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 pick a side. And I I'm getting to my notes here now, and it is CTU Central Terrorism Unit. Well, fuck. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know if it was like some kind of heel thing, but well, it could be. Sounds heelish. <laughs> Minoru looks heelish. Tyler, pop quiz: Who is Black Tiger? Rocky fucking Romero. Bazooka. Like, <laughs> <laughs> stop that. Uh, but uh, no. Uh, hoping for some forever clotheslines. Oh, yeah. Hadn't developed that part of his personality yet. Uh, but no, the, the story of this match really on the U.S. side is how Shelly's being the lone heel on this team, and he's just making it hard for everybody. Luckily, the World X Cup isn't a team sport. So... It's not even a sport. It's, it's, it's barely even a competition. It's barely even a cup. <laughs> probably isn't. It's probably it's probably it's probably the world's cheapest. Well, yeah, because the World X Cup was on the ring the other day, the other episode. Remember? I think it was Destination X. I think so. Yeah. So, so it, it was the cheapest, most generic looking trophy I had ever seen. So why do the World life. X Cup before or after Destination X? I'm assuming, I think we might have said something along these lines last time, uh, I think during Destination X, but um, you think I'd be able to get it off my head real fast thinking about that, but uh, no, uh, I assume it's because they hadn't materialized Destination X as being this highlight Destin- uh, X Division show. It's called Destination I X. <laughs> I know. I know. You'd think it would have more prevalence. You'd think but... they'd established that lockdown was a cage match pay-per-view by now. <laughs> <laughs> Don't get me started, too. Well, I'll talk about it a little bit as these matches wear on me. I hate Just how tiresome this, this, this is. Yeah. This, this game sucks. This is absolutely it, dreadful. Good to do it once. Just yeah. maybe just once ever. No, no. I you know what? I think it would it, it would be a perfect special edition of Impact. Oh, like a one, like a yeah, not three hours, but just one hours, maybe two, an hour and a half. Like, yeah, yeah. TV time. I two think hours. that's that's where it would be good. Not a whole pay per view. But then you could get away with being like, oh well, you're using this this be all end all stip match. On your TV, not on your big show, and I think that this is just a multitude of problems. Like, yeah, lockdown maybe like every single lockdown, like maybe two big matches happen. Like the world title match is in a cage, you do an escape match, and then you have lethal lockdown or something like that, where like the big highlighted matches have to be in a cage. Kind of like how Hell in a Cell is, even though I don't like that either. I don't know. I, 
No, like I like Hell in a Cell as a gimmick, but as a pay per view, I think it's stupid. Same thing, Elimination Chamber you can get away with. Hell, Hell in a Cell you can get away with too if it was only one, and it wasn't landlocked to a certain month every just year. Just a blow off feud. Yeah, yeah. If you could take the Hell in a Cell and just place it <laughs> where it fits, I think it would be best. Like having the big four pay per views, but then all of a sudden the fifth one springs up and it's the Hell in a Cell special event. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, whenever you want to do it. That's a good idea. Fuck, that's good shit. That's Somebody good call Vince. Shit, pal. <laughs> uh, but no, uh, Team Mexico would end up coming onto the ramp. Not coming onto the ramp. Coming oh no, out he, he fucking shocked his way. Shock, just shocked himself. It's <laughs> 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 fucking. Uh, uh, but. <laughs> It would be more fitting, though, if you reverse TJP and Rocky. Rocky being of uh, of Hispanic ascent and, and TJP being Filipino. Wouldn't it make more sense for TJP to be in Team Japan? Yeah, but the Filipinos, they speak Spanish. You're fucking right, they do. Yeah. Holy shit, you're right. Yeah. Okay. So are they well, Asian? They're Asian Mexicans. Even Well, even India and Pakistan is considered Asia. Yeah, well, so. I mean, though, Filipinos kind of look more like they sway like Chinese, Korean, Japanese, you well, know, Vietnamese, oh, well, Laotian, yes, than they yes, do yes. Indian. Yeah, no, I, I, yeah. God, I don't want to get into a fucking geography I, 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 race talk. Oh, yeah, no, I don't want to, I don't want to talk about Tell it. I was wiping his hands a bit, but I haven't said anything insensitive, so oh, I'm no, good. No, no, I'm just, I'm just trying to stay away from it in general because, like, I. Don't know what's right or wrong because it all seems like it's... nothing's right or wrong anymore. No, it's, it's just all whatever offensive. you say is somebody's going to get offended, and it, and and there's certain things I don't mind offending people about, and there's other things that I really don't want to even touch on it. So, yeah, all those liberal white girls—they're going to come after us, Tyler. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. They're going to come on the ramp for sure, for sure. Uh, but things kick up a notch, though, after Team Mexico come out, which is Shocker and Puma and some other dude. I can't remember his name. Magno. Magno. I thought that was wrong. I did. I thought it was Magno. I wanted to write down Magno. But I was like, it's not Magno. And I just forgot to go back and find out who it actually was. Uh, but uh, they it would kick up a notch when uh, you would get a frog splash by Shelly and then a running shooting star press by Dutton who lands right square on the knees of Goto. But the match would end up coming to an end when uh, Lethal would get uh, kicked right in the head by Minoru and a Tiger suplex by Black Tiger for the victory. Goto must be um, a young boy at this point. He's very, very Got the black looking. trunks. He's very like Ren Narita, yeah. fucking Shota Umino kind yeah. of vibe right now. Very much so. Only very, moves very you can so. do is a back, uh, German suplex and a Boston Crab. I, I think when you go on excursion, though, you can do other things. Yeah. But, like, because he obviously he did more things than that. But, you know, Goto, he was good. He didn't fine. blow me away. But you know what? He though? was the he, least impressive of all three. Yes. Yes. No, 100%. Uh, Goto, I was just going to say, like, he didn't blow me away. But Goto very rarely blows me away to begin with. Um, he's a. It with the right person can have a fantastic the match. The right person was. Katsuyori Shibata. You're goddamn right. That's the best matches that Goto ever had, and that's when Shibata came back, and all and untimely the way it went. But 
know, that, that feud is no more. Uh, but yeah. Sad day, somber, somber tones, somber tones. But just so you know, with the loose schedule that we have, if you're a $5 member of our Patreon, there will be like one or two episodes talking about some of the matches in the World Next Cup. If you're a Patreon member, you'll see it though. Uh, the uh, We would get a promo by Bubba and Devon, who introduce us to their long lost brother Runt. Normally, Bubba cuts good promos. But uh, and we would showcase them here, but I couldn't care less about these the this feud, these promos. Like I don't need another "Oh America, tis of thee" promo. Yeah, in, in pro wrestling, I like the lockdown action figure set, that was cool. <laughs> yeah, that was the Sting looked really weird though. Is that the same Sting you had? I don't know. I don't. I have no idea. No, uh, but it's just uh, the head looks so tiny. Just so tiny compared to the rest of the body. Uh, but, uh, yeah, they just don't care about it. Runt, it's cool to see him there. I'm, I'm excited to see, you know, where it goes. But, uh, yeah, this would lead to a steel cage match, obviously, uh, between Christopher Daniels and a mystery opponent that would end up being low-key. I mean, Senshi. Yeah. Trust and he had Crash Bandicoot music too. That was, that was great. <laughs> now, how do you say that? It was very Crash Bandicoot esque. I don't know. I I think that this match logically makes sense more than Liger and Daniels because Loki and Daniels were in Triple X together. So this this works. I I find Loki's a good wrestler, but mm-hmm. I mean I think he's just not everyone's cup of tea. He's he's definitely got attitude issues when it comes to wrestling, and it was noted in the uh, torch that uh, Loki is very hard to get along with backstage, especially when it comes to putting somebody over. He's not a fan of doing it, and he's very vocal when he has to. Uh, which is, I'm sure that they would have had him go over Daniels anyways, but he probably wouldn't have went and job for Daniels to begin with without a fight. Yeah, because he's so special. So special. And, like, we're only a couple of years removed from him kicking the head in of the dude that he knocked out in an ROH ring. Yeah. Then he freaked out because somebody got knocked out in a CZW show, and he had to drag him out. There's never been released footage of that. Right, just a picture, yeah. and so it's just like the dude is not a good dude, not a good dude at all. Small man syndrome, very much so, very much so. Looks like Hitman now. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but actually, the real reason why the name change is because he was offered the same kind of deal as Canyon, where they would own the name forever, and he's like, "Well, you're not getting Loki. I'll be Senshi though, right?" <laughs> so <clears throat> that's. That's interesting, and they see it seems to all be stemming since the Spike deal. So you know, it, it it seems like the TV studio wants them to own their their names, so that the characters can live on forever. I guess forever, you just get a rotation of Chris K's. Well, then they could market them. You know, the TV channel own the name. Yeah. You can market them even if they're gone. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. The footage is almost ever. You don't have to shy away from 
using the footage. It's understandable why the WWE does it too. He's like, you can always sell action figures, really. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, oh yeah. Uh, the uh, I never ever liked this name change though. It doesn't bother me. No. No, not really. Like, I, I guess if you're a diehard Loki fan in the indie scene back in 2006, maybe it would rub you the wrong way. Yeah. But this is just like another awesome start to me. It's like, okay, well. What did you, what have you done on TV that like makes you not, not deserve a name change? Yeah. Like Austin Aries just did fodder in the X division. No. Comes back. Rename Austin Star. Sure. That didn't fucking work, but like. No. What are we going to do? Just bring him back as Austin Aries again when he showed nothing (laughs) other than like good matches, obviously, but like he had no character, which obviously TNA's fault. Character development 101 for the X division. Oh, yeah, no, no X Division gets any splinter of character except for Alex Shelley because he's a pervert with a camera. Yeah, yeah, like Daniels and AJ and Joe have characters as yes. well, but, like, those are the only ones. Yeah, yeah, and and it's no by no real help of TNA, you know what I mean? Because Dan, uh, like Daniels could easily go into the main event but never really does. No, not really. Styles should constantly be in the main event, but every new guy gets put on top of Styles, right, and just gets lower and lower down the card as new guys come in because they just don't care about Styles. They think it's, it's nothing, yeah. even though he is the face of TNA. Even at this point in time, he is the face of TNA. He's the one that you definitely associate with the name. Yeah. The, the Spike, the, the commercial, he would be one of the main focuses on the commercial. You know, it's just, it's boggling how, how uh, low he would stay on the curve for so long. Uh, but, yeah, they, they, and Samoa Joe, Samoa Joe is all him. What a character. Yeah. Like, TNA did nothing other than give him the win streak. That's it. Samoa Joe was just himself. Uh, but, uh, no, uh, this this match, I thought, was very good. Very fun to watch. Uh, it's, I, I think it's uh, a help that it's only 12 minutes long and they just went right for it. As soon as the match started, it was okay. We're going to hit all these spots and it's going to be cool. Yeah. Gonna, right. And it's going to be fun. We're not going to, you know, this, this cage gimmick has a lot of selling, a lot of, a lot of holding, you know, is, is luckily there's a few X division matches here. Uh, but this one here, there was really no real holding and, and selling. And so it was just all balls to the wall. I thought it was great. Like yeah. I wouldn't call it like some fantastic work rate match, like where it comes with like a storyline and stuff, but real fun. Oh, I, I I mean they didn't have a story associated with this match anyway. Other so than that, they knew each other. Yeah, you wouldn't really expect a, a gangbusters match, but it was fine. Yeah. Yeah. Was it my match of the night? No, but no, it was still pretty good. Yeah, it was pretty good. Like. Loki is fun to watch. He is. He's really fun. You know yeah. what? Like, I don't know if this is a popular opinion of him, but you see one Loki match, you kind of s- have seen them all. Yeah, yeah. He hit. He hits you really hard. He, he screams. Yeah. He opens his mouth really wide, breathes really deep. He hits you really hard. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. I I remember the big thing about Loki that I really liked was the fact that I remembered seeing a couple matches, especially the Turning Point 2004 match with Elix Skipper doing the Hurricane Run off the cage. Uh, I remembered Loki from just certain triple X matches. 
and the whole the whole gimmick of interchanging the workers for the tag titles was new to me. Yeah, I'd never really known it as the Freebirds rule. To me, it was what Triple X does, right? So I thought that was really cool too. And then when Low Key comes in, and he sends she, and I'm like, but I want Low Key. Like Low Key is what I liked when I found out about TNA, and I didn't yeah. get to see it live. But I want to see Low Key now live. I don't know why I was fixated on that. But when he did that double foot stomp, I don't think I was privy to that move until this point, really. Except for when Spike would do it every now and then on random ECW video, I'd see. Yeah, that was light, though. Yeah, yeah. But no, his double foot stomp looks fantastic, too, in my opinion. Oh, it does. Yeah. Uh, Daniels would hit a very smooth Death Valley driver, followed by a best moonsault ever. Uh, he isn't able to get the three, though. Uh, Daniels would then go for a suplex, attempt to turn it into a top rope angel's wings, but is then thrown to the mat by Senshi. He goes for a double foot stomp, which Daniels rolls out of the way. He goes for another angel's wings, but is reversed by Senshi into a pin, winning with his feet on the ropes for leverage. Yeah, I didn't expect that. I didn't either. Uh, I thought that the whole thing, though, worked well. Yeah, oh yeah, it you know did. What I mean? That was a fun sequence. It was. It was very fun. I I, I really, I was like, he's going to do the angels wings so close to the ropes? That's fucking weird. And all of a sudden, it's like, oh. Yeah, that butterfly <laughs> pin right there, I loved it. Yeah, yeah, I thought it was really good. Uh, Travis, something that hasn't been on this show for a little bit. Sometimes commentators make you want to hang, shake, or bash your head. Sometimes you just laugh, and by God, this is the art of commentary. Right in the face. edge when it comes to these two. Let's talk about stalking Christian's wife. Let's talk about drowning him in his own pool, James Mitchell, and his monster. It comes from the corporate office of TNA. I am the corporate office. You're the championship committee. Reinstated to the TNA roster is... You ready? I'm ready. You ready? Raven's back in TNA. All right. Take a hike, Canadian bacon. Hey, here, have a mint. Mike today doesn't give us gold very often, but sometimes, sometimes he tells us to talk about them stalking Christian's wife and drowning Christian in a pool. Let's talk about that. Yeah, Mike today and emotions. <laughs> Mike today and his emotions, indeed, sir. I feel like Don West should be doing that. So talking about <laughs> something like that, because at least Don West, I don't want to call. Mike Tanay is like an alien, you know? Like <laughs> he's so intelligent and sure he seems nice, but like I would never ever in my life be like I'd like to hang out with Mike Tanay. <laughs> no. I'd like to have a conversation with him. No, he would just be like like that Aspie kid that just spouts facts at you. He just he'd, yeah, he'd just give you facts, he'd give you uh betting tips, odds. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, if I get up and go to the washroom, you'd probably be like, hey, Tyler, I just want to let you know there's a one in 6,000 odds you'll slip and die on your way to that bathroom. And I'll be like, thanks. I'll make sure I don't walk back there 6,000 times. I'll be able times. to tell you how, how like, much cubic feet of sewage you used per flush. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just follow you in there and count how many times you flushed. And when you come out, it's like, do you know? Or, or like, the shower. Like, just, <laughs> just told you how much water you just wasted. Gives you that stern Mike Tanay look, too. 
Just that no nonsense. Right now, I need to tell you. <laughs> Are you ready? Uh, yeah, no. Uh, this would then lead to Bullet Bob and the James Gang backstage with JB to hype their arm wrestling contest. Loser gets 10 strappings. First, when they whipped the belts in the promo, they sounded like the weakest belts I've ever heard. There was no crack, no snap, no nothing. Uh, it's Wouldn't be TNA without it, Tyler. Yeah. Wouldn't no. be TNA without it. No. no. Uh, Bullet Bob's skin, though, looks more like leather than those belts do. He, looks, he's, he still looks healthier than BG James. Well, yeah, the, the drugs have ran a course on BG James right now. Uh, but uh, I noticed, too, when BG is saying his promo, Kip is just looking at him and he's mouthing the whole thing. And it's like, dude, he's just making sure he doesn't miss his cue. Those three crucial words that he has to say at the end. <laughs> just can't miss his cue. Uh, and also popped really hard at BG's Got Jesus shirt. Cause it's yes, just, got the fucking drugs. Got Jesus shirt. Yeah. That that made me upset. It's like when, when your buddies asked you to go for a smoke around your parents, and you're like, no, nah, man, I don't smoke. <laughs> it's like, Dad's here. I got to love Jesus. <laughs> Can't be off the drugs right now, boys. But as soon as Dad leaves, you know I'm taking 16 pills, and we're gonna rock out. <laughs> so that's BG. That's BG James. Uh, LAX come to the ring, and we get the LAX song finally. Yes, with Hot Stuff Hernandez in tow. Dang, da, dang, da, dang, dang. Immediately makes this whole group just seem that much better. Oh, yeah, it's fully Hernandez. fleshed out. It's established. Yeah. And I enjoyed it a lot. This would have died a death to me if LAX wasn't fully fleshed out. Oh, if out. it was Machete? If it was Machete, if it was um, Apollo, if if it was just Conan. Like, yeah. Hernandez really just brings this together. You need the fucking... Physical. So big. Like the fucking cholo heavy, yeah. With homicide, who's a killer anyway. Yeah. yeah. But he homicide's looks like, that kid that'll fucking stab you in the back. Well, homicide looks like a regular dude. Yeah. Like he just looks like a dude off the street, but yeah. he wrestles tremendously. Yeah. Which is amazing. He t- it takes you off your guard. You're like, wow, he's, he's especially when they give him the chance. Yeah. yeah. But like in ROH, you see it. You see the fantastic stuff that homicide does. Homicide was amazing in ROH. Yeah. In TNA, not so much. It's very, by the numbers, he's only given a couple minutes per match, nothing major. Now, mind you, though, we haven't revisited enough Homicide at the moment, I would say, to be able to say that. Well, he would start to get it now that Hernandez is around, though. Because he's soon going to start the feud with... You're only as good as your partner, though, when it comes well, to a tag team. Well, yeah. But they're soon. we're soon getting into the AJ Daniels feud with uh, LAX, and that's going to be interesting. And, uh, yeah. Uh, Conan has adapted a crazy swagger walk to hide the fact that he can't actually walk. Yeah, I was about to say, maybe his kidneys actually hurt so much that he needs to do the swagger walk. It's his hips. Yeah, but he has kidney issues, too. I'm sure it's probably a mixture of both, though. You know, Because I know his hips goes bad, and he tries to get TNA to take care of his hip surgery, and they won't do it. Oh and, man, your your new segment's gonna be fucking hardcore <laughs> in a couple months. Yeah, I I'm waiting for it because I know that the the shit's about to hit the fan in a lot of aspects. 
So it's very exciting. I need to I need to start going into it and seeing getting getting the facts straight now. Uh, but uh, this here, you know, the cage actually makes sense for this segment to keep everybody out because the last time that they did a uh, arm wrestling contest, Hernandez uh, got involved. So, uh, but Bullet Bob ultimately would win. Everybody spills into the ring. BG then says. Say hello to my leather friend and assume the position like he was going to fuck them with a leather strap. How on. did he get the cue? <laughs> the cue? Yeah, was he was he mouthing along? <laughs> was he mouth along to the commentary? <laughs> Kip's just over there just like Hey <laughs> He's counting down. How about the... Bullet Bob wearing a mesh shirt like two thousands Christian? Oh dude, oh dude, Bullet Bomb is felt. <laughs> Do you think that Bullet Bob couldn't couldn't find an appropriate shirt to wear on TV and Christian's like, here, have mine. <laughs> could have been. It's like Bullet Bob's just like, I wanna go out there shirtless. And then Cage just comes over and is like well, Bob, this is in these days. Why don't you wear this? this week, I ain't wearing a Got Jesus shirt. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it turns out it's like Bullet Bob's Got Jesus shirt, not BG's. BG's just wearing it. Yeah. Keeping it safe. My kid needs Jesus. I'm hoping this works. I bought it for him, not for me. Uh, yeah, no. Uh, this, you know, th- they would give LAX some straps. I, I assume it, it, it was 10. They really started doing them in rapid succession. Uh, which I'm sure is easier on the workers than taking 10 hesitated belt shots to the back. Like, it's got to suck. It has yeah. to. It has to be absolutely horrible. Uh, but JB is backstage with Jarrett Steiner and company. Larry Zabisco does what he does best and just interrupts every promo from here on out on the show, really, to ask if they know what management's big decision is. And uh, Jarrett really cuts a fine promo on on Larry. Too bad, like, the rest of the promo towards his actual enemies doesn't really do anything for really anybody. Uh, but Well, Jarrett doesn't have any enemies. His real enemy is just the championship just committee. Just himself, yeah. Well, no, like, the whole thing for months has been that Jarrett thinks that there's a fucking... Like a conspiracy, a conspiracy going on yeah. against him yeah. from TNA management and the championship committee. So, so why would Jarrett know? This has been, but this has been Jarrett's feud. Yeah, the entire time that we've reviewed TNA. Yeah, and now Larry's missile's getting fired. It's like I don't know nothing, man. So this is the culmination to Jarrett's big feud in TNA. Essentially, after this, what does he have? He will win the title in like two months. Same anniversary. Well, I know. But no, like, but I mean, like, so, like, it's 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 done. Like, it, the conspiracy is gone. He wins the title. Yes, so you're right. Right? So it's, I I assume you're not going to hear any more conspiracy unless it's to build to that match. Yeah, maybe. I don't but know. That's I King don't, of the Mountain, so. It's King of the Mountain. No, it probably isn't. I mean, there's penalty boxes. Of course there's fucking psychology. Yeah, I mean. Of course. Well, of course there's <laughs> psychology. There's penalty boxes. There's timers. This match didn't make sense until they put the penalty boxes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I was like, okay, I'm in for the penalty boxes. Uh, but this promo would end with this. I'm going to kick your ass 
Channeling Ken Shamrock here, huh? Yeah, his best Ken Shamrock. He's going to snap. Uh, this would lead to Chris Saban taking on Chase Stevens, Elix Skipper, and Petey Williams in an escape steel cage match where you have to pin two guys out, final two, escape to cage. Leave, yeah. it, leave, it, leave it up to... Uh, to, to these guys. There's also Puma and Shark Boy in this match as well. Uh but yeah, it's just a stupid premise. I'm already tired of Scott Demore. And just being everywhere all the time. He is overexposed. Very much. He's not good enough to be this all all over the place. He's a good promo. Yeah. Oh yeah. But he doesn't once need a, to be once everywhere. a week. <laughs> He's not that hated. Like No. I just kind of take it or leave it. I used yeah. to I, I I used to hate him, but yeah, yeah. When I, I was a kid. I've, I've definitely gained more respect for Scott the more rewatching it compared to when I was younger. You know, fifteen, sixteen years old watching this because I didn't give a fuck. You I love I mean? how being a Canadian, you still hate Team Canada. Oh yeah, well I hated them because I didn't really. I just thought they were boring. Except right. for Petey. Except for Petey. Petey was the only one I ever liked. Like I've never been on the Eric Young train. Sure, he has some good matches, but. He's forever the the wimpy Eric Young to me. He was wimpy Eric Young for far too long to ever be taken seriously. I liked him as wimpy Eric Young, but I also really liked him. Man, oh, God. In TNA went World Elite? Went, oh, when he went heel? With, with Magnus? I think. I, 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 I think. He had his own group, and he completely like went from wimpy Eric Young to serious Eric Young and like shaved his head. Yeah. Well, yeah. I also like Sanity, though. Like, yeah, yeah, I guess I'm an Eric Young fan, but yeah, like, uh, and I, I can't say that I didn't like Sanity, but it wasn't because of Eric Young why I liked him. It was everybody else that I really liked about Sanity. But uh, either way, I was never a big Demo guy. No, nah. no, I, I'm a big fan of that hairy bastard, fucking hairy bastard. Uh, but uh, someone, uh, someone needs to let Elix Skipper know. They need to saddle up them boys. Boys. I don't want to point it out specifically, but the guy needs to wear a banana hammock under those trunks. Were you fucking watching ball fondlers while you watched this match? <laughs> no, there's there's like a couple camera angles where they just blatantly show it. It's like, dude, dude, wrap that shit up. I don't need to see you. Do the Bret Hart. Make you look like a fucking Ken doll. Wear eight layers. That's what Bret Hart used to do. He used to wear a bunch of layers so you couldn't see anything. Fair. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, no, either way. Uh, there's a little uh, jostling going on between Simon Diamond and Scott Demore during this match where they initially build a truce that would leave Elix Skipper and, and, and Petey Williams at the end, two Canadian boys. Uh, but Yeah. But, yeah, but Petey would ultimately turn on this. and, and uh, Wait, Elix Skipper's Canadian? No, he's not. He was just in Team Canada and WCW. He played in the CFL. Oh. So okay. I now I got to check because I know he was in Team Canada and WCW, but Mike Awesome was too. So <laughs> Major guns. Yeah, yeah. I don't think Team Canada but, really matters. Yeah, I, and I, American professional wrestler. Uh, born in Roosevelt, New York. Okay. Yeah. Well, 
So he's not. He's not. He's just played Team Canada, played a Canadian because he played in the CFL. I'm pretty sure Canadian on TV. Therefore, I am Canadian. (laughs) I am Mike. I was. What is it you said? I am Mike. I am awesome. I am Mike. Awesome. (laughs) I am Mike. I am awesome. I am Mike. Awesome. Ah, <laughs> uh, fucking. That was hell. on. That was on the clip show, wasn't it? That was. Yeah, that was. That was good. That was. That was on the clip show. That's why I remember because I go back and I press play. I just preview that clip every now and then, and be like, ha ha ha, <laughs> <laughs> uh, just laughing, just laughing. I uh, mean, either way, th- this match is known for one thing and one thing only, and that's Chase Stevens climbing to the top to do a shooting star press and nobody catching him and him landing straight on his face. And Don West reiterating <laughs> that he broke his neck. And you're like, oh. uh, uh That was his partner, Don. <laughs> nobody caught him. Tanae sells it that everyone moved. And they I parted just, like the Red Sea. And I just laugh. I'm laughing. Like, goddamn, everyone moved out of the way. <laughs> Yeah, it was like he was grease and they were soap. <laughs> and they just like, Yeah, yeah, it's just oil and water, man. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh so and it was like, a good shooting star. It was. Right? It was. I, I did have in my notes Chase Stevens was pretty fucking good in this match. He impressed me. For for a guy who you don't see singles action more more times than not in the X division. Yeah. It, it was a breath of fresh air to get put in the match. You know, it's not hard to stand out, though, when Shark Boy's in the match. Shark Boy is the dirt worst of the X Division. Well, you know who didn't stand out to me? Who completely Puma. seemed like a dud? Puma. Puma. Yeah. Like, for one, his, his gear looked low rent tonight. Very, very low rent gear. Very, very. And, and you know, I don't really like the, the mask. Uh, he doesn't show any charisma whatsoever. No, like, know. what is Puma? Like, it's just a Puma. Yeah, it's. I'm, a, I'm a, sure I'm a, as hell ain't Prince Puma. That's for sure. No, 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 definitely not. Like, like Ricochet is no charisma machine. Maybe that's what he but, fucking needed in WWE. Maybe he should have been Prince Puma. Uh, you know what? I know they uh, Lucha would, Underground owns it, but I wouldn't. Uh, I wouldn't say no to it because I know that I like Prince Puma more than I ever liked Rick- Ricochet. Yeah, but I was also a big fan of Lucha Underground, so I don't really wanna. Like, like, like. That's, yeah, but his, his fucking whiny ass didn't have to talk. No, no, and when he did, they they had a vocalization thing on it where it made it sound really raspy and stuff. It was fucking fantastic. Lucha Underground did a lot of great things. I'm sad they're gone, but they kind of live on with MLW a little bit with Azteca Promotions. So, we'll always live in everyone's hearts, Tyler. Yeah, on the internet. Yep, yep, on Tubo. To be. Tubi, <laughs> yeah, because not on Netflix. That's an anymore. I. Tubi with an I. Yes, I've never used it, so I can't. I can't really say for sure, but I think it's on there. Uh but yeah, no, that uh, that really, really ate shit. <laughs> uh, apparently, he was really mad after too. I wonder why. <laughs> yeah, face first, and just imagine just the velocity you're doing after that flip. Just whoop, face first. 
If only Don West started yelling right in the face for that <laughs> instead of the Abyss Christian Cage match. <laughs> oh, it's the thumbtacks. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Petey would monkey flip Puma onto the shoulders of Saban. I thought that was pretty cool into a cradle shock that would eliminate Puma. At this point in time, Shark Boy has already been eliminated, as well as I believe Chase is also eliminated at this point in time. Uh, both men would then begin to climb. They were down to Petey and Saban. Uh, Scott originally stopped Saban from touching the floor. Then Petey would fall onto the shoulders of Damore, and Saban falls onto the floor. That was kind of an haiku, Garth. But hey, <laughs> stop it, Wayne! You're scaring me. Ah, <laughs> uh, fucking hell! Yeah, no, that match was you know it was it was okay. To me, it was too much going on there for uh, the most part. Yes, too much going on. Let's get everyone's shit in as fast as yeah. possible. Yeah, everybody needs to get their shit in right fucking now. It but was at a least, good finish, though. It was a good finish. I like the finish. I, I like It was clever. I've never seen somebody fall onto the shoulders of their manager and not win the cage match before. It was a good swerve. So, yeah. No, yeah. Swerves usually suck. Yep. As long as the swerve is believable and, and you can get behind it, why not? Why not do it? And um, Jim Mitchell would follow this up to cleanse our palate and... Uh, the cleanse our palate. I'm pretty sure I did not say that correctly. Uh, but let's take a listen to what... Father James Mitchell has to say. He certainly has, and right on schedule. You know, Christian Cage, the German philosopher Friedrich Nietzsche once wrote that when a man goes hunting monsters, he should be careful that in the process he does not become a monster himself. Because if you stare into the abyss for a long time, the abyss stares back into you. Does that ring any bells, Christian? It should, because this monster has turned you into an emotional biohazard. You are the greatest wrestler in the world. The fact that you hold the NWA World Heavyweight Championship proves it each time you walk out of the ring with the championship. But you're hardly a champion. Let me ask you something, Christian. Would a champion run off to Toronto to make movies instead of defending the belt? No, but you would, because that's how you roll, right? Would a champion leave his wife alone and vulnerable? No, but you would, because that's how you roll. Would a real champion allow himself to be humiliated in his own home? No, but you would, because that's how you roll. Well, there's going to be a changing of the guard tonight, Christian, because the only man walking out of that ring with the NWA championship belt in his hands is going to be this man, the monster abyss. And I can promise you this, mister, that's how I roll. The only thing rolling tonight in the six sides of steel will be your head. Father James Mitchell, blessing us with his dulcet tones. Yeah. I uh, just uh, wanted to point out at the end of that promo, he says that they will be leaving with the TNA title. Uh, remember that by the end of the show. Uh, well, before the end, it's not the actual main event. but Either or, Samoa Joe comes out to take on Sabu. The quote-unquote dream match that uh, was completely shat over because Sabu is so fucking hurt 
He's Very. got a broken arm. He's got a broken. He uh, he. There was preface this before going into it. Uh, there was a lot of rumor going on that he was not going to show up for the show. He was just going to no show because of WWE and the offer to one night stand. So they assumed that hey, he's not coming. So we're going to have to find something else to do. And he assured them, nope, I will show up. Just so you know, I will show up. Then, days before, he would go to Mexico, break his arm, and just get beaten the fuck. And come back, still vow, nope, going to do the show. This match was supposed to go on for another five, six minutes. But Sabu was too hurt, and he called it, and he said, I got, we got to go home. So that's why this match is so awkward. Yep. And that's why it did not live up to the hype yep. when it happened in 06. Yep. Because I, I remember this is, this I, was awesome. I was like, oh, this is going to be so sweet. Yep. Yeah, I was I when we read out the card for this match or the show, this is the match that stood out because I was like, I remember that match. I remember being so excited and so disappointed. And wanting Sabu to win the X Division title. Yeah. But um now, do you think I'm just gonna throw this out out there. The match with Rey Mysterio at one night stand oh six was <sighs> that so short because of Sabu's arm? Considering how it was only two months. Mm. It's definitely an awkward match as well. Yeah. Definitely. It doesn't seem like it was ever meant to even be a match. No. No, the two styles are not a well match because Ray needs a good base. That was a dream Sabu match, Sabu is though. not a good base. Like, but Sabu and all the crazy shit he yeah. did, I think everyone wanted to see it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I just... did. I lost my mind. I wanted yeah. to see it so bad. That was the match I was so yeah. hyped up for on that show. Yeah. And then you're you're watching it, and you're like, you know what? It's not as bad as Ray and Psychosis at One Night Stand 2005. And Ray brought the tights out again, too. Yeah, but it's, it's not so bad as the first match, but, you know, it's 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 okay. And Ray and Psychosis is better revisiting it. It's definitely better revisiting it. Yeah, I agree. But I it could never live up to the matches that they had in ECW, because those were completely different Oh, you people. mean as opposed to Mike Osman, Masato Tanaka, who tore the house down that yeah. night and had yeah. the fucking best Wild. match of the show. Yeah. Yeah. Just abandon all caution. Yeah. That was amazing. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. If you will. <laughs> Mike. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Sabu will bring a chair to the ring. We'll get a little taste of lethal lockdown before lethal lockdown actually happens. Uh, but Joe would dominate basically the whole match. Sabu would get some offense in, but it was mainly Joe beating the shit out of out of of Sabu. Uh, and I would imagine a lot of it had to do with the the shape that he was in, and it was just easier for him to take a beating than it was to pretend that he was strong enough to give a beating. And to think, if he didn't have a broken arm, this might have been one of the few matches that Sabu wouldn't rely on all of his gimmicks with tables and chairs and stuff. Yeah, that so would have been interesting. Yeah, yeah, because not very often. There's like a couple WCW matches where some some WWE ones too. Yeah, yeah, in that short little what was it, like four or five months, something like he that. He might have made. He might have done a Mania. <sighs> Maybe he, he was did, there for. He did a Mania year 23 a because he inducted yeah. the Sheik into the Hall of Fame. That's right. 
That's right. When did ECW and Sci-Fi start? Uh, June of 06. Okay, so it's right after the One Night Stand 06 pay-per-view. Next Tuesday. So, yeah, he would spend about a year and some change there because it's the fall where they get arrested. They get arrested two months later. Two months after WrestleMania? No, after One Night Stand. They get arrested in, like, September. One Night Stand 07. 06. Then he wouldn't. Be, then he didn't go to WrestleMania. The, 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 no, the, he stayed. Sabu did. Yeah. After after. So oh what, oh so, yeah. So RVD. Yeah. What happens is that they get arrested. Yeah. RVD loses the title on Saturday oh, night's right. main event, and then he still has the ECW title, and then he loses yeah. the ECW title on that ECW TV show to the Big Show, and yeah. then for SummerSlam, Sabu faces the Big Show at SummerSlam for the ECW title. And then they just keep on going. Like, RVD gets off of ECW eventually. Sabu's still there. Sabu goes... He, I don't even... I don't think he... Sabu left. would go to Raw, wouldn't he? Did he go to Raw? Because he faced John Cena. That was uh, before ECW on Sci-Fi. Was that before That, that was Vengeance. Before? That was on pay-per-view. Holy fuck. Sabu wrestled John Cena on pay-per-view. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought that was an episode of Raw. I remember watching it. I remember being like, fuck yes. Now Sabu's a piece Do you remember the shit. angle where he fucking did the triple jump leg drop in, off the uh, ring into uh, John Cena on the announce table? I think so. I was watching wrestling a little bit at this point in time. You probably watched it when they did the ECW. Oh, I watched stand. the One Night Stands. I watched... A bulk of the first part of the sci-fi shows because it came on global. Um, yeah, it did Friday nights? Yeah, so that was that was fairly simple to do. Um, but yeah, yeah, I was watching it a little bit. I do believe just the whole Sabu in the WWE caused me to watch it, anyways, right? Because I was a big Sabu mark then. Sabu's a big piece of shit now. You know, good morning, Terry Brunk, shit in the walls and bullshit. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, you know. It's fun to uh, to reminisce. Fun to reminisce. But uh, Sabu would get busted open. He would then uh, take his anger out on a cameraman. Uh, Joe would then start working the arm very vigorously for a guy who's really hurt. They they really didn't take any liberties with this arm. Uh, no, uh, both would go to the top rope. Joe hits a big cutter. Sabu would attempt another triple jump, but is cut off with a flying chair, bit of his own medicine. Joe then hits a muscle buster and gets the win. Yeah. yeah. Six minutes. So it's supposed to go something like 10, 12 minutes. And they, can you imagine? I, 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 I wish I could see what that show, that, that match was. And take that time off of the Anthem steel cage match. I, I'd be interested. Well, yes, because the Anthem Steel Cage match, that's a match that can go eat a bag of fucking dicks. 100%. The whole feud can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Booze! Uh, but backstage, JB is with Team Canada, speaking of the <laughs> Anthem gimmick. Uh, he says the Team 3D had some strong words, and this scares EY. Uh, Demore then says that he's sick of Team 3D, and they begin singing Oh Canada. Larry Zbysko then comes in because, you know, kayfabe, brother. It's not kayfabe, actually. It's true. Kayfabe, brother. Scott, Scott Demore is the booker, which also comes into effect of why he's on TV so much. Because he's the it's booker. Kevin Sullivan himself. 
Anybody also, that's on TV and they book themselves, it's always a problem. Yeah. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Nobody well, look should at, ever look be at Jared winning the title all the time. Nash. It's a problem. Yep. Yeah. Um, someone else that's overexposed, and I'm glad that eventually they will actually take him off of TV. Much like Scott Moore is Larry Zabisco. I remember yeah. him being all over the impacts. He's all over the pay-per-views. I I do not like it, and I can't wait for the other authority figure to show up because at least he cuts a good promo. Yeah, I, I was, was going to say, uh, yeah, there is a, a new one on the way. Uh, there's also a debut on this show, which we'll get into in a bit. Um, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it took me a second. <laughs> she Christian caged it. Yeah. <laughs> no, no words. No words. No words needed. Um, but yeah, no, it is what it is. It is what it is. Uh, fuck this fucking whole thing. Uh, team 3d brother Devon, brother Ray, brother runt. Best part of this match is that spike Dudley's here. Best part of this match is that it ends. Uh, Team Canada, A1, Bobby Roode, and Eric Young take, uh, taking on Team 3D. Uh, Devine and and his brothers all come out. And two of the three of them were in face paint. And Devine isn't. It's just weird. Everybody's wearing face paint, but Devine is not. He's wearing none. That was face paint? That was face <laughs> You mean that wasn't shit? <laughs> no, I... Sure. What were you th- You know what? No, 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 no. I, uh... This shows you how much I guess I paid attention to this match because... I guess I watched the interview... Or no, with they Team Canada. They didn't have any face paint now. Team Canada, yeah. They, they didn't have any on. And I guess I only yeah. saw them, like back on in the match when I glanced up from the notes and I didn't take very many for this match at the end of the match I realized that they have face paint I thought that that was like an angle in the match that like something got thrown at them (laughs) ah fuck Uh, no it was really really lazy uh, camo face paint there was some green there was some brown but by the end of it it was just brown and it looked like there was shit on their faces (laughs) <laughs> just Bubba Ray trying to sing fucking the American National That's Anthem terrible. with shit on his face is a sight to be seen. <laughs> oh fucking hell! Fuck this match, Travis. Take me away. Tell me, tell me, how does this match end? Because it's the only thing worth talking about. Well, well. So they get the. It, it, you have to grab the flag from the top of the cage. Right, right. And whoever gets the flag wins the match, right? Their anthem gets played. But see, TNA likes to do ref bumps. So the ref gets taken out, and Damore starts to get all fucking shifty here. He tra- knocks out the key holder with a chair to open the cage, send a table in the ring. Eric Young grabs the flag from the holder, puts it back up before the ref gets back up. Um, right before this, Runt goes up for an acid drop on uh, A1, but Rude catches him for a sit-down powerbomb. That was probably the coolest part of the match. But nonetheless, Runt gets perched on the table that Demore brought in. Eric hits a great elbow through the table, but Runt moves out of the way. 
So he low blows A1 to hit an acid drop, leaving only Rude and Run standing, which leads to the rest of Team 3 getting up to 3D Rude. Um, Runt gets the flag, the Dibleys win the match, and a shitty Dale Oliver Star Spangled Banner plays before they Wasn't 3 it garbage? Oh, it was terrible. It was it was the worst rendition of any. It, it was, they definitely DX'd it. They should have literally just sure. played the Born in the USA song that they had for AJ Styles. Oh fuck yeah, definitely, definitely. That would have that would have definitely. That's more Americana than than this is for sure. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. This match was was not very good. Uh, the fans would actually end up singing the national anthem while themselves. they try to run down the rest of the card. Yes, so that's that's very interesting in itself. Uh, but we get a very dope bass rift starts to play. All of a sudden, none other than the living legend, Christy Hemme. Not, none other than the winner of the first ever Diva Search. Technically, at this point in time, she is a little bit of a big deal. She... Was in a women's championship match at WrestleMania 21. She was in Playboy recently. She, she was in. She was the second woman to do Playboy in the 2000s. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which would start. I mean, Tori would start the string, and then Christy would be like the second one because they did the whole Tori Sable thing the year after. Yeah. Then the year after that it was Candice, and the year after that it was Maria, and then all of a sudden they go PG. Yeah. Yeah, no more. No more titties in the mags. And it's like, just like anything WWE does, TNA's got to pick it up, so they get Tracy Brooks in an online-only issue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. There's actually a little note in the um, the torch that I was reading for this where uh, Tracy had talked about her uh, ambitions to want to do Playboy, but has never been asked to do it. So, <sighs> that would, uh, I'm sure... She they would get there. Ask, they, yeah, but they wouldn't ask her. Mark Simpson. TNA would ask them. You could buy a physical copy of a Mark Simpson Playboy, but not of a Tracy Brooks one. No. No, you got to print that off on your LaserJet. Yeah. <laughs> it's a glossy page. <laughs> Went all out on this one, babe. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> anyways, Christy Emmy brings out an envelope and she hands it to Mike Tanay. Don West says that he has the April 2005 Playboy magazine, so he has no doubt that it's Christiani. I know who that is. <laughs> I've beat off to those pictures many times. <laughs> That's what he said. Yeah. Come on, the BB babies. Uh, but uh, this oh, one. <laughs> that was wrong. <laughs> He's got an overabundance because he couldn't sell them all. What else do you do? Uh but uh, he would go on to read this this memo, and it's from TNA Management, who uh, they uh, they essentially tell the whole world that they are putting management on a type of string deal where they're going to keep you know them closer and manage them more, and make sure that the, you know God like Zabisco can't force Raven out of the company, uh, and then. Uh, they would also go on to say that Larry Zbysko is placed on probation and then Tanae and West in unison announce Raven is back and then a pudgy-bellied Raven would come to the ring. With blue hair like a manic pixie girl. Man, he does not look good in the least right now. Takes time off, goes on a bender. Yeah, yeah. Wear a fucking shirt, bro. Bring back the Sandman shirt. Fuck yeah. it. Yeah. Just do something. Band shirts, whatever. 
uh, fucking come out with some fucking weird. You must be just really proud of that tattoo. Yeah, you know, got to show off the sword. It's better than Brock's sword. Brock doesn't. Does he have? To, yeah, Brock has the sword. Yeah, but it's fresh. Like it's brand yeah, new. It's very new. It's it's not anything that I'm sure Raven's being affected over. No, no, no. He's not losing any sleep over it. I don't think Raven should ever compare himself to Brock Lesnar in any sense. I don't think Raven ever would really compare himself to Brock Lesnar. Maybe at this point in time he might have, because Brock Lesnar was. At this point in time, you can almost argue Brock Lesnar was a flashing pan. You know what I mean? Because like he was in and out, a couple yeah. of years done, right? He left on his own terms. But he, yes, he didn't leave because his star power had gone. Yeah, uh, the fans would royally turn on him and Goldberg on their last match, but that's really no fault of their own. WWE should never put a match together where two guys are going to leave. Yeah, the next night on their biggest show of all. Uh, but yeah, either way, either way. Uh, Raven would come out and he would uh, run off Sabisco and this would lead to a uh, physical feud now between the two and not just a verbal feud. I think so, we just get a blow-off match and that's it, though. We get two, I think. Two? Oh, fair I enough. I think so. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. Maybe there's just the one. Maybe there's just the one. Uh, but JB is with Christian Cage. He asked for his thoughts. Cage just gets undressed and walked away. So this would lead to... The uh, Christian Cage versus Abyss match, which uh, the storyline fucking sucks, but the match I think is great. This time it's personal. <laughs> yeah. So like the whole storyline is that Alex Shelley and his handy cam are going around instead of Sting. Now they're following Christian's wife. They they harass her. James Mitchell grabs her hair, starts smelling it, and it's just cre- all around creepiness. And then they break into his house, try to drown him in his pool. It was just just a stupid storyline, really. Uh, just like, how does Alex Shelley really fit into all of this, besides for being a guy with a camera? He's paparazzi. I suppose he's paparazzi, but like pop. Well, I suppose paparazzi are pretty fucking. They're pretty dirty. It's just a sleaze bag. That's sleaze all balls, is. complete sleaze balls. Uh, but yeah, the just, you know the match though. I think this was my match of the night. I really me do. Too. Yeah, yeah, me too. This this match was Christian Cage's best defense since coming to TNA. Maybe his best match since coming to TNA. Well, what was his um, what was his defense on Destination X? Uh, Monty. It was Monty Brown. Yeah, Monty Brown. Right. Oh yeah, this is his best defense yeah. for sure. Monty Brown not on this show. No, nowhere to be seen. <laughs> He's not with the company very much longer. No. No, uh, like August maybe. Fair shit. He'll be, I, he'll be, I, I'm pretty sure he'll be gone by September. Yeah, sounds about right. Um, I don't like how this match starts. I don't like outside the ring cage fights. I think it's, it loses the focus and the point of what the cage match is supposed yeah. to be there for. Yeah, it all. It also happens in the lethal lockdown, which, and then James Mil- Mitchell is supposed to be, you know disassociated from the entire match but he gets involved all the fucking time yeah so why do you have a cage match if you have a fucking hole there just to fucking send shit through i get it you got it there for a camera but you know what they barely even look through the fucking hole yeah they barely use the hole they they barely use that hole because only new japan would be able to do that new japan loves those downward up 
you know, New Japan will be able to do it perfectly. Too bad they don't do cage matches. Yeah, yeah. They, they in fact just won't let certain people work. Forbidden. Cage matches. Well, forbidden. you know, like another thing too. Ladder match. The only you know the first time there was ever a ladder it's match. Elgin and uh, and then uh, Omega. Uh, yeah, Omega. There was Tanahashi and Omega. No, it was Tanahashi and Elgin was in that. I'm almost positive. I can't remember, I but he, Omega's remember. in it though. <laughs> that, I, that I know for a hundred percent sure. Um, also, also one last note before we get too far away from it: TNA actually contacted New Japan to see if they could send Christy Hemi to the LA Dojo. <laughs> yeah, they wanted Russell. Yeah, it wouldn't happen though. No, I don't think she ever had aspirations to really wrestle. You know what though? She was fine as what she did in TNA. Oh, she was yeah. a good ring announcer. Yeah, I enjoyed her a lot as a ring announcer. Not a great manager at all, but she's a good ring announcer. And you know what? Probably a half decent interviewer. Yeah, yeah. They would really uh, stretch the manager limits of her with uh, Jimmy Rave and Lance White. Yeah, the it's rock, rock and, and rave, rave connection. connection. Yeah, yeah. That's a uh, that was that was harsh. That was hard to watch. Uh, this, uh, another television fact, actually, this Abyss Christian Cage match is featured in another, in, in a, I think it's, yeah, another Fox TV show. Oh. Yeah. House. Season three, episode 19, Act Your Age. There's footage of this match. Uh, like somebody's watching it or pointing something out. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So. Neat. Yeah, I never ever knew it. Now I really want to watch that episode of the House now just to see what it's all about, even though it's like five seconds probably. I've thought about it from time to time if I wanted to rewatch House. It's remember the first season was really good. I can imagine binging it can be a chore. Yeah. Because it's the same thing over and over and over and over. They get on the brink of not being able to discover what's wrong and then all of a sudden he figures it out. It's just like watching the X Files. Well, at least the X-Files would throw it around for a few episodes, you know what I mean? The Monsters of the Week would really... Yeah. And you know what, though? When I think of the X-Files, really, all I think of is Monster of the Week. I don't give a fuck about the story. The yeah. story is not that interesting, if you ask me. But the Monster of the Week episodes are. It's and not gratifying enough. No. No. Uh, but this match, though, like I said, very good. Uh, the, the Abyss just, you know, completely beats the shit out of him. Power bombing into the cage. Takes out the ref. Uh, you know, just Christian would get on top of the cage. He would hit a frog splash. Just all around good work, and then they would break out the fucking thumbtacks. Do you find that Christian Cage, he's like so tall and lanky to do dives, but when he does dives, he comes down so fast. It's it's like he's barreling towards you at breakneck speed. He falls like a rock. Yeah, yeah, he falls like a rock for yeah, sure. He definitely he sinks like a rock. Really, you know the the turn of phrase that's t- normally used. But uh, yeah, no, and he's also not the most graceful person either when it comes to doing dives. He did do a great tornado DDT off that rope, though. Yes, that was really yeah. neat. Yeah, the frog splash really wasn't a frog splash. It was more of a flailing oh, snooker well. splash. You know, he did the dive though. <laughs> yeah, no, well, he did the dive. Uh, but this this match is almost like loosely based around the Imprettier and trying to hit the Imprettier on Abyss, especially once the thumbtacks come into play. The thousands of thumbtacks. 
Yeah. It was definitely a, like focused around that for sure. But he did hit the Unpredator like pretty damn close like after that tornado DDT and the uh, frog splash. Did he not? I don't think it was in the thumbtacks, though. It was not in the thumbtacks. No. 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 So, you know, he busted his finisher out. Didn't look bad in the process because Abyss is a monster. Yeah. And the thumbtacks do get brought out. And, um, yeah, this is where Abyss chokeslams the ref into the cage. Yeah. Yes. And well, this is another ref that he chokeslams into the cage, isn't it? No, this is the first one. Oh, okay. And this is where Christian is pretty much out of the fucking ring, holding on for dear life on the other side where he could just drop and win the match. No, there was no escape in this match, was there? In what cage match, though, can you escape the cage and still not win? It at least is like a dual stipulation, though, isn't it? Isn't that not how cage matches work? Well, that's how WWE cage matches work. So you can just pick work. and choose. That's you... how WWE cage matches work, for the most part. Now, TNA, I, I just don't think that every match on this show had that stipulation of escape. But I think the only one that really did was the the escape match. Fair. But I I I am not a hundred percent sure. But way, like when you say Christian climbed, you know it's like well, you know it was like AJ also tried to well he successfully pinned uh, Harris in the first round of the Lethal Lockdown, and Earl Hebner just blatantly counts along anyways. <laughs> just well, Earl Hebner's never done a War Games before. No. No, uh, but luckily nobody else would attempt to pin and put Earl in that position anymore after that. So, uh, but yeah, no, uh, the finish of this match, Abyss would pull out a black hole slam that would be enough to, uh, that wouldn't be enough to put away Christian. Well, he also, Cage does rolling powerbomb Abyss into the tax. Yes. Sorry. Sorry to, uh, to, that was actually quite fun to watch just because he is up top. And Christian is so lanky too. Yeah. So <laughs> this dude that's so tall is. Yeah. Imagine Eddie doing that spot though. Oh wow. Yeah. That would be, be, be something else, man. That would be something fucking else. Uh, but no, he would sunset flip power bomb him into the tax. Uh, but uh, Abyss would uh, dump out another bag of tacks, attempts to choke slam him, but it's countered into an unprettier, uh, driving the face of Abyss into the tacks, retaining the title. Right in the face. Right in the face. Oh, Don, right in the face. If you weren't aware you were watching wrestling, you would be a little bit on the alarmed side. Oh, yeah. Right in the face. Uh, Christian tries to get his hands on Mitchell, but Abyss is having none of it, though, post-match. And uh, Abyss would then attack him first uh, wrapped in, with his fist wrapped in chain and then would start to hang him from, yes. from yes. the cage. And if Kurt Angle's at this show, he would leave right on the spot. Done. Yep. Yep. And, uh, but, you know, maybe he's beyond that, though, because the WWE did do the crucifixion of Austin. That was before he was ever in there. It's true. It's true. But he wasn't in East. Well, technically, he wasn't in East. I guess Katie Vick anyway. didn't turn him away. Oof, Katie Vick. Yeah, he might have been on the drugs by now. You know, two? I don't know, maybe. Got got a taste of that uh, milk. Oh. <laughs> Just went to town on the drugs. Uh, but no, no, either way. Enough of making up rumors of Kurt Angle. Uh, <laughs> nobody needs that in their life. Uh, but, uh, no, no. Poor guy 
fucking promoted our podcast. Yeah, yeah. Can't really say much bad about him. He's good in my books. Uh, but JB is backstage with AJ Killings and Rhino, who all cut a promo with Rhino coming out looking the best, really. Well, I mean, truth just fucking says this one line that he'll say for the rest of eternity. Yeah. And at this point in time, I was like, really, guys? Oh, not- man, I hate it. I was like, you're not going to show Sting? Yeah, I was pretty upset. Like, are you fucking serious? Like, and then all of a sudden he comes out. It's showtime with like, a full head of black hair. Oh yeah, jet black. Holy jet black. Yeah. And so uh, they would uh, then you know obviously it's time for lethal lockdown, and uh, it's basically war games with one ring and a and uh, and a roof. When it's time for the match beyond. Yes, yes, with the weapons hanging. I like it. the weapons. I, I do, too. I like the whole dropping of it. Uh, you get to do some high spots that before it comes That was a good down. presentation. Yeah. The dropping yeah. of that, I was like, good on you, TNA. You yeah. just fucking nailed that. Yeah, very WCW. With the, there was the, no lasers. Well, yeah, there's lasers all night long, though, on TNA, so. True. There's constantly lasers spelling TNA on the logo. I know. Right? It gets mesmerizing at some point in time, too, if they show enough of it. Yeah. I'll just be looking at it, and it's like, oh, shit, there's a match. But it made TNA look cool when you first saw it. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. I like the, Especially when they used to have it pointed at the entrance ramp and the one on the entrance ramp. It just looked really cool. Uh, But uh, there's five-minute interval to start, two minutes after that. Immediately when the five minute thing came on, I was like, "Really, guys? Like this match is like twenty minutes, and you're going to tell me that there's like five intervals of five minutes? Like, come on, yeah, come on." Uh, but no, Harrison Styles they start things off, and they look like a tag team because they're both wearing the exact same colored pants, and and they just look like they match. Uh, but yeah, the, the only thing really of note there is that AJ went for the pin, and they're all counted. Uh, and uh, Harris is bleeding. Harris bleed. Everybody would bleed really fast. Harris, he also hits his finisher on Styles right before the countdown's over. Mm. So that would lead into his partner coming yeah. out, which would lead to it. Hey, it's yeah. War Games. What can you say about yeah. everything until the match beyond starts? Exactly. Exactly. You, we can tell you who comes out. Yeah, yeah, it, it, you know, it really it really starts, you know, Rhino would then come out, you know, he'd clean house. Jarrett then comes out, and AJ and Rhino would beat him outside. Uh, Killings then comes. Uh, it's it's This is when uh, AJ, he would uh, climb the cage, you know, and uh, they would do a Tower of Doom. Right, so the Tower of Doom is probably That was a good Tower spot. of Doom. Yeah, it was. Especially how, like, AJ was draped over the cage, too. Yeah. yeah. Right, so... And you know what's funny? Now that you said that it looked like that they were both tag teams, I thought that it was one of the fucking America's did, oh, Most did Wanted. You? Yeah. Not, not like in my notes, but like at first seeing I'm like, yeah. who is that? Yeah, yeah. yeah they, 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 the they, Somebody should have coordinated a little bit better <laughs> to be like, hey, AJ. The heels are wearing red. Yeah, the heels are wearing red. Even Jarrett wore red. Yeah, yeah. And Steiner Scott as well. They oh all my were, god, I didn't realize like, that. AJ, maybe don't. You got hey, remember those sweet black and blue tights you don't wear very often? They should have all wore black and white for Sting. Oh yeah. Why not? Yeah. Rhino can easily sense. have a singlet that has white letters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you know the 
Ron Killings can wear spray paint white on black oh, pants. Oh man, just a pair of white car, uh, white, white, white uh, uh, camel pants. Oh fuck, fair Boom, enough. Boom, done. White That's black. like very, very filthy animals esque. Yeah, it is. Yeah, but hey, you know he's got a loose connection to Conan, so it's all good, homie. Ugh. All good. Uh, Steiner then comes out and he just beats shit out of everybody, and it was very entertaining. This is his debut for the company. Yeah, this is his debut, bit of work here. This is after the WWE arc that me and you did for for the SmackDown Six, and uh, it's much better. Yeah, it is. Much better. Played more to his strengths here, and that's just coming in, being a freak, and throwing people around instead yep. of working a 25-minute match with Triple H. It's like, when was the last time Scott Steiner had a 20-minute match, man? Ever? Before maybe when he started to get hurt. Maybe he went to Japan and worked a 20-minute yeah. match, yeah. but it wasn't in the fucking WWF when he was there. It wasn't in WCW. Very rarely. Maybe a War Games. Right. That's That's about it. Um, but yeah, no, uh, Sting would come out like a ball of fire and I'm really used to seeing old man Sting now. Sting's great here. Fantastic. Uh, Sting was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of fun. Got nothing but praise for his work in this match and, and just how exciting where he got every member of team Jared in the corner for two, uh, Stinger splashes. I thought that was a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Yeah, he just commands the crowd. You just want to look at him. He flies around the ring, doesn't really do much special things, but he's 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 got charisma. You just want to, even when he's crossing, being morose. There's charisma that shines through that that Stonewall character. Yeah, just yeah. in the way that he moves and everything like that. I just you know all around big fan, especially here. Not so much like these days, but you know. I got you. Who really is a fan of a 60-year-old wrestler? I fucking love Sting. Well, yeah, but would you be like, oh, old man, oh, Sting? Sting's going to take on who? Pretty Peter fucking can't wait, bro. Well, no. Really? You know, there's a lot of matches that he was like, this is going to be a straight-up wrestling match. It's like, yeah, I don't know. Okay, it's not going to be that good. I don't want to see any man with spinal stenosis have a straight-up wrestling match unless it's Edge, I guess. Yeah, there you go. Prejudice. <laughs> ageist, bro. You're just being ageist. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Talking science, bro. Yeah, you fucking betcha. <laughs> uh, fucking hell. But though the fireworks go off and the roof comes down, it's really good. AJ and Storm then go to the roof. And this is the only moment I realized that watching this is the only moment I remember from this match. I remember this vividly too. Yeah, and I do like how they had these little slots. It's like you can't escape, but there's these little slots. I mean, nobody knows about these slots. They'll never use them, right? Yeah. Even though there's a ladder perched on top of the cage, the roof, the and whole a time. table, and it's, so it's like they forgot to get that stuff in. They forgot. Yeah, it's like, what is that doing it's like up typical there, guys? TNA that couldn't hang a fucking ladder off the roof. Yeah, yeah. And as soon as it came down, man, I could see the ladder there. I was like, oh yeah, no, because they're not going to go up there. Never, never. But yeah, no. Oh fuck. At one point in time as well, uh, so they would set up the ladder. He would climb. We'd already talked about he climbed the lightning ring, and he did the uh, the splash on the James. Storm. It's all of his experience with Ultimate X, though. You know what? Though, if there's any psychology in this match, that's it. 
Yeah. Because <laughs> there's not much else. Uh, other than the fact that, you know, the storyline of the good guys versus the bad guys and good guys coming out on top. Uh, but uh, Westwood asked Tanae if he's ever seen anyone higher than AJ Styles. First person comes to mind is RVD. Second, Canyon on the triple decker cage when he falls off. Is yeah, like, Tanae should know better. Yeah, and he agrees. He's like, I've never seen anybody higher than this. And it's like, bro. You call, I think I'm pretty sure you call that match. The triple thucker cage was probably taller than the impact zone. <laughs> I imagine, I imagine. And Canyon took it like a goddamn champ. And then you wanted to own his whole goddamn life for the, for the rest of the time. Terrible. Come on. You fucking pieces of shit. You beat right off. Uh, Sting uh, would uh, eventually just clean house of everybody. He applies a scorpion death lock onto Harris. And he picks up the win. Yeah, yeah, I, I I like I liked it a lot. Yeah, this is my second favorite match of the night. Actually, I, I liked uh, the Steiner recliner on Rhino where Sting just Scorpion Death dropped him out of it. Yeah. That was great. The way he got rid of every member of that that team in succession, like an assassin. Yeah, he was like an assassin. Quickly great. took him out. I thought it was really fun. Fuck yeah. yeah! Oh, Sting was awesome in this match. I loved it. It was definitely built around his strengths. You know, and they, well, him Sting... and Scott, they they made both of them look really good. Yep. And yeah. if if you can do that and still have highlights like AJ do that, yeah. Harris undersung highlight of this match as well because he carried a lot of it for for a long time. Yeah, yeah. so I mean, yeah. yeah, really good match. Fuck yeah, I, I yeah I will say for like you know this I think this is the first one right. It's the first lethal lock. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there you know loose storyline going into it with the Jarrett and and Sting thing the whole name Sting's Warriors was just so fucking they couldn't do Sting Squadron man <laughs> that's WCW yeah but Jesus Christ Sting Warriors you could have come up with something else uh, it just seems just so like beer league you know what I mean like Sting's Warriors or like let's go drink some Coors in the locker room bro Right, so, uh, but no, either way, uh, the the show would end up going off the air in seconds. In seconds with Sting trying to climb to the top to celebrate with AJ on the top of the cage. Would he ever make it there? No one ever knows because it was never shown on TV. So they went knows? long. <laughs> they did, even with Sabu and Samoa Joe going short, they went long. So. And, like, to think about it, too, this match was 23 minutes. The main event was 19. Uh, the Anthem match was 8. So, uh, I doubt the Anthem match got cut. 8 minutes. You're not really going to have more than that. Could have been an angle, too. One of the angles could have went long. Could have been. Could Arm have wrestling, been. The, the announcement. Who knows? They did speed up those uh, those lashes real fast. Yeah. So that that really could be it. They really did. They did. But uh, with that being said, that is this week's episode of the show. Uh, up next, another thing that I should bring up the traps before I say it. But I was going through the TNA Sacrifice card again. And I was like, you know what? Maybe we should watch TNA Sacrifice. You down to watch TNA Sacrifice? I don't care. Uh, but the card for TNA Sacrifice starts off with a World X Cup 2006 second round match. Juice of Thunder Liger taking on Petey Williams. 
NWA tag team title match, AMW taking on AJ Styles and Christopher Daniels. That was one of the main reasons why I wanted to watch it, because I was like, oh, I'd really like to watch that. Yeah. Raven takes on A1 with Larry Zabisco. Oh, so sense. A1's not in Team Canada anymore, I assume. I, I don't even know. Uh, Bobby Roode takes on Rhino. The James Gang takes on Team 3D. World X Cup 2006 final gauntlet match. I don't know if this is the finals or not. <laughs> but it's Petey Williams taking on Alex Shelley, Black Tiger, Chris Saban, Eric Young, Godo, Incognito, Jay Lethal, Johnny Devine, Juice Thunder Liger, Magno, Minoru, Puma, Shocker, Sanjay Dutt, and Tyson Ducks. Oh, man. I just watched an episode of Kenny vs. Spenny with Tyson Ducks on Did it. you really? Yeah, it's who can be the best wrestler. Oh, fuck. Tyson who Ducks. won? Who won? Uh, Kenny. Spenny, because he had a gimmick. He was Yarp Yarp. <laughs> he put, like, a fish mask on and just, like, wore his underwear and started, like, flailing around. And Spenny tried to take it seriously. Or Kenny tried to take it seriously. Oh, fucking hell. That's fuck, too goddamn funny. funny. That's too goddamn funny. Uh, tag team match. Uh, Samoa Joe and Sting take on Jeff Jarrett and Scott Steiner. And then in a NWA World Heavyweight title, Full Metal Mayhem match. Oh, shit. <laughs> Christian Cage taking on Abyss. Awesome. This yep. should be fun. Yep. This should be a fun match. Should be a fun match. Should be a fun card in, in parts. You know, Raven versus A1. That's an obvious dud. I don't even need to watch. Don't even know if I will. Don't even know if I will watch it, honestly. That match is so shit. Especially the Raven Larry Zabisco angle. Never liked Larry Zabisco, not even in WCW. The New World Odor? No, no. <laughs> Hated him the whole time, so I, I don't like him now. Never will. Uh, but, that being said, you can follow us on Twitter at Federation. You can follow Travis on Twitter. At Fudge and Up. Facebook and Instagram, Federation Podcast. T-shirts at whatamaneuver.net. Go on to the YouTube, the Federation Podcast. Listen, listen and watch some videos. Check me out on uh, SCL Live every Saturday morning. Or just, you know, whenever you want to listen to it on uh, the podcast feed. So, with that being said, Travis, keep on rocking in the free world and do, 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 do.